back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Well, you need to hear this inspiring story. If you've ever struggled with addiction of any kind or deal with mental illness like depression or bipolar disorder, you need to get to know Beth Hart. After winning Star Search, the earlier version of American Idol, she landed a major label recording deal, had hit after hit, and then hit bottom. But she's back now with that bluesy voice that sends chills down your spine and has been compared to Janis Joplin and Etta James. Her new album is getting rave reviews and a standing ovation performance at the Kennedy Center Honors, a comeback deserving of this great talent. Today we've got Beth Hart, her voice is one of a kind, kicking it with the best there is out there. Today we've got Beth Hart, her voice is one of a kind, a jazz and blues and rock and roll fusion flair. Welcome to the show, Beth. Oh my gosh, you guys, what is a, first of all, what an amazing introduction, and I can, it sounds so beautiful when you guys sing, thank you so much, that's you, awesome. You Aww. are so welcome, and that is a really nice compliment coming from you, yes, you, you have made our day. such an incredible oh. voice. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, well let's talk about Bang Bang Boom Boom, now that's your first U.S. release in 10 years. So you've been releasing albums in Europe, but is it good to have a release now in the States again? It is so beyond a dream come true. There's no way I could ever properly articulate it. It is something that I have wanted and dreamed of for so many years, and there are reasons why I was scared to come back and and just overwhelmed. But now I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. There's no fear in me. There's just gratitude and excitement. We start the tour in a couple days, which I just can't even believe I can say that. And the tour is sold out, too. Yeah, it is. Thank God. It's wonderful. That's so great. Now, how did the album come about? Kevin Shirley, who has produced Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin, produced the album. So how did you get together with him, and what did he bring to the project? Oh, God, he brought so much. He's such a fantastic producer, and working with him has really helped me to grow so much. I first started working with Kevin Shirley on a project that I did with Joe Badamasa, a phenomenal guitar player, Joe Badamasa, an artist in his own right. He's a wonderful singer as Mm -hmm. well. And Joe Badamasa asked me if I would do a record with him of covers, blues, soul, jazz, that kind of thing. And I was so excited to work with Joe. So, of course, I said yes. But I was also really excited to do a record where I didn't have to write and I could sing songs of my heroes, of people that I'd grown up adoring and loving my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was you know nerve-wracking and scary as well because you're taking on your heroes, you know? Right, and it's like, right. oh, my God, am I going to blow this? Uh-huh. And so I met Kevin that way, and it's just been bliss ever since. Oh, that's great. Now, your voice, it's so naturally expressive. How do you immerse yourself in a song? Is it just kind of natural for you? Well, I mean, I don't know so much about natural. For me, the key is to, if I'm writing it, it's much easier because it's something I'm creating and and I'm doing my own thing with it. Uh-huh. If I'm covering a song, for me, the process is I've really got to immerse myself in it like I did write it. Uh-huh. And if I couldn't write it, if it's not personal enough of a real story of my own to identify with, then I pass because... Okay. Uh, You know, I don't think I could sell something if I didn't really believe like it was a part of my own life experience. Something Uh that you could bring to it from your own personal 
Yes, absolutely. Now, let's go back to the beginning. You were four when you discovered you loved performing, right? Yes. And how did that come about? What were you doing when you figured that out? There was a piano in the house. You know, before that age, I'd hear my, my sisters and brothers playing. But there was one day in particular where they were running a commercial okay. for selling pianos on okay. TV. And the, the theme song for the commercial was Moonlight Sonata, Beethoven. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. Uh-huh. I just loved the song. Anyway, story goes that my parents came out in the middle of the night, and I snuck out and pulled myself up onto the piano bench, and I was playing a little bit of that song, a little bit of the song. Uh-huh. And wow. so my parents you know, started to cry and were really excited. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was really excited because the feeling of sitting at the piano and playing was a sense of home like a sense of God, a sense of something that made me feel so safe and so filled with comfort. And I never wanted to leave that piano again after that. I just, every day, all day, I would be on it. Wow, you knew you had found your calling. Well, this is the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're chatting with singer-songwriter Beth Hart about her career. Now, at what point did you start singing then? Later on, my mother took me to see Annie. I was about seven years old, and I just loved the little girl, and I I loved the way she sang, and I loved the song. So I had my mother buy me the record, Uh and I learned the record, and then at at night I would perform the songs for my mother, but I didn't think of myself at all as a singer. I just really liked performing for my mother and making her laugh and all that, and she was such a great audience. She was so cute. So, yeah, that was my first real taste of that, and I just loved it. Now, looking back at the time, do you think your mom's enthusiasm for what you were doing inspired you to really move on with it as a career? Oh, absolutely. Uh Absolutely. She was unbelievably supportive. Any type of piano lessons, guitar lessons, singing lessons, anything I ever wanted to do, she was right there to support me. Whenever I would play at home or do things, she would always say, oh, my gosh, I'm so proud of you. This is your thing. This is what you got to do. I mean, she was just fantastically supportive and still is. That's great. You were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Yes. At what point did that happen in the whole time frame of, of your career? Well, when I was young and my, my mother and father divorced, my reaction to the divorce, like any child's divorce is, I'm sure it's a a terrible reaction to see your parents going through divorce, but mine was a a visceral, strange way. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. come out from under the bed Mm -hmm. um, for weeks, and my mom would pull me out and feed me and stuff, and then I'd climb back under the bed, and I was doing strange things like this, and it was Mm -hmm. around the age of seven. So I think the stress triggered early uh, mania and depression for me. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to go to school and and things or have friends. I, I just couldn't really get with society at a really young age. But my mother refused to put me on medication because that wasn't her generation Uh to believe in doing that, Uh which I totally understand that now. So there was only so many years of going through that where at about the age of 11, I started messing with drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And that was almost self-medicating for you probably at that point. Yeah. I mean, of course, I didn't know that then. But then I remembered when I would use, I'd feel momentarily better. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once the bender was over, I'd feel horrible, but Mm -hmm. I kept going back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you won Star Search, 
which at that time was a precursor to American Idol. And that is kind of when the first time around fell in place for you. You were on a major label. You were touring. You were getting great reviews and everything. And is that when things personally fell apart for you? Well, it was interesting. Anytime I had any type of what I viewed as success, instead of rejoicing and being excited about it, I'm sure this has something to do with bipolar disorder and and possible psychological things that I hadn't worked out maybe in childhood. Mm -hmm. I would have a sinking, dooming feeling. So, like, for instance, I had auditioned for Star Search, not wanting to do the show. A buddy of mine paid me $50 to do it, and I really needed money at the time. So I went to audition and never thinking I'd get it, and then I got it. And then I went ahead and did the show. And then when I won, the night I won, I was very depressed. I just sunk into a really bad depression. And it would continue on that way. I didn't get a record deal right away because it was considered very unauthentic to do a show like that as a singer, not as a comic. Comics were received really well off that show, but not Uh singers weren't. Mm -hmm. So I had a hard time with that for a few years. And then I finally got with Atlantic. Uh And that's when we really started making, you know, big records and, and putting them out and touring and that kind of thing. Do you think that bipolar disorder or, you know, those episodes of highs and lows helped you creatively, or do you think it hindered you creatively? You know, great question. I thought it was helping me creatively. Mm-hmm. Now, after working with so many doctors, and I have a wonderful doctor I work with today, he's helped me to see that it's a little bit of both. Okay. Certainly some of it helped creatively, but also some of it stifled me because I, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to focus being mm-hmm. so manic. And that's probably a healthy perspective to take forward because you, you don't have to cling to uh, the ups and downs. Yeah, awesome insight on that, man. Totally agree with you on that. Absolutely, yes. It's been one of the most powerful things, believing that by taking my medication, I'm actually better mm-hmm. instead of worse. Well, we're here chatting with singer-songwriter Beth Hart. Now that you're healthier, is the creative process different for you? It is so much better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In some things, I do have to work harder. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt. I've had my complaints with my doctor about that. Uh But he's reminded me of it's worth having to work harder to get to your goal than working less and being out of your mind Mm -hmm. because it is. And, you know, a rational brain would be able to hear that, but my brain is not so rational. So it took him saying that to me over and over before I finally made it part of my belief system. Once I made it part of my belief system... Even though I've been on my medication now for about five years, once I finally really believed what you just said, the writing really changed and got actually easier. Okay. There's a lot of research out there about the brain and how we're wired and how we can rewire our brains with therapy and things. So what has what you've been through, what has that taught you about yourself? It's taught me how to forgive myself, to have understanding of myself, to have much more compassion for others as well. Mm-hmm. It's really been a life-changing experience. Uh, any resentments that I held towards my family and friends, which were really like manic resentments where they'd run over in my mind all day, mm-hmm. and I'd just be in, in ferocious anger or sadness, one of the two. And when I was able to get on the medication and do all the talk therapy, mm-hmm. that helped me to really come to a, the realization of how blessed I was to have the family I had. Mm-hmm. and to have the friends I have. That's amazing. And so that mm-hmm. resentment was replaced with gratitude and love. Mm-hmm. And that completely also changed me in my life. Of course, it brought me peace for the first time. Wow. Looking back, do you think you had to go through everything you had to go through to be where you are now? 
I really believe there is a plan for all of us, a journey, and that journey is not always supposed to be easy. I know for me, I'm just too stubborn to really appreciate the joys in life unless I also experience the painful side. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if if I would have it any other way, I really wouldn't. I I feel like my life has been such a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's been good. I'm okay with it. You know, it's interesting because we have a question of the day, and our question just happens to be gratitude and what you're most grateful for. So at this point, Beth, what would you say you're most grateful for? My husband, my relationship with my husband. He's he's such an angel. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Now, he stepped in at that point when you needed someone. Sure did. Uh-huh. Yes, I was in and out of the, the mental ward. I was in and out of rehabs. I was completely gone mentally. I, I don't know how he did it. I still don't know how he did it. He he's, was right he's... for every moment of it. He was so incredibly loving. And, and you know, it's a disorder that's ongoing. So he's yes. there. He, he goes to all the therapy sessions with me. He has learned all about it and really put the time into just being there to help, you know, save his wife when she needs it. And and appreciating when I'm, you know, in a good place. And, you know, he's a miracle. Wow. If you were to give advice to someone right now who's going through bipolar and maybe is not at the place that you're at, what would you say? Definitely search out a really good doctor. I think it's unfortunately with our medical system the way that we have it, which is just god-awful. Sometimes you can get with really crappy doctors Mm -hmm. and they can put you on crappy medication. But to not allow that to get in the way of, the fact this disease, one in four people will die of suicide. That's, oh, wow. that's what the statistics are. So it's imperative to keep searching and find a doctor that's going to put you on medication and try different ones until you can feel a sense of some relief and then to really stay on top of doing the talk therapy and equate it with having to eat to, to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Also to try and see if you can come to a place of not being ashamed of it. I mean... Yeah, it sucks to have any disease, but it is what it is, and it's not your fault. Right. You know, and I think it's really important to be aware of that. You wouldn't be angry at someone who has diabetes or cancer, and you wouldn't blame them for Mm -hmm. that. Same way with the disease of alcoholism and the exact same way with the disease of mental illness. Right. And I think there's a lot of uh, dialogue out there that is changing it. I think it's getting better. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. We're here chatting with blue singer Beth Hart. Now, you had an amazing performance at the Kennedy Center Opera House with Jeff Beck honoring Buddy Guy, and you got a standing Uh, ovation from the Obamas were there, too. So did you feel that that was kind of a defining moment for you? It sure was. Absolutely it was. Here I was getting to honor my hero, Buddy Guy. I'm standing on the stage with another one of my heroes, Mr. Jeff Beck, and I'm singing a song by my greatest singing hero, Etta James. Wow. It was just a perfect moment. And then to be there amongst the president and senators and, and all these great artists that I've looked up to my whole life. Yeah, on the YouTube video that I saw, with there were some amazing people in that audience. Were you nervous? I wasn't nervous, and usually I'm pretty nervous about everything, but I think what happened was when Jeff asked me to do it, and then the producers agreed for me to be there, when I knew that, I told myself, I sat down with myself, and I said, now look, don't you dare be nervous. I don't want you to miss enjoying this. So just let the nerves go. 
know that this is not all about you at all. This is about Buddy Guy and all the honorees there that night. And all you got to do is just know your song, be in a positive frame of mind, and get out there and try and do your best. But no nervousness. Don't allow that to make you miss the joy of being there. So I wasn't nervous. I just had a wonderful time. You could tell. You could tell in the performance. And that's an awesome message to give to yourself, I think, before a big performance. For any artist yes, to give to themselves. Right. Yes. It's like yeah. kind of like being your yeah, own best friend. Yeah, because it's not rocket science. It's not right. like we're doctors in surgery, right? So right. if we mess up, right. no one's going to die. Exactly. Fight a little bit, maybe, but, you know. Very true. Before we let you go, this album is bluesy and sexy, and you changed your look a little bit with this album. I did a major look change. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm so much fun. I'm wearing heels for the first time in my whole life. It's a good look for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so much fun. And do you have a favorite song on the new album? Yes. Baddest Blues okay. is okay. definitely my favorite. I just love that song. Awesome. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for chatting with us and sharing your personal stories. It's so inspiring. And for being so open. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you guys make it easy. You're lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you, you, Beth. Take All care. Right, guys. Take okay. care. Have a good tour. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. Up for a sweet treat. We'll be right back with Melissa Stevens from The Cordial Cherry. But first, a bit of Bang Bang Boom Boom off of Beth Hart's new CD. Try saying that 10 times fast. This is the Mulberry Lane Show.